Okay, we're still doing Nebuchadnezzar. This is about the fourth time that we're doing it. And we're starting with an amazing medrash in Bereshis Rabban Parshav There's actually a famous posuk in Parshav that the medrash explains, talks about Nebuchadnezzar. A very famous posuk in Vayetze, where it says, Vayachaloim, Yaakov had a dream, Vihine Sula Mutsavarza, there's a ladder standing on the ground, Vereshoi Magia Hashemaima, the top of the ladder is reaching the heaven. There are angels of Hashem going up and down the ladder, and Hashem Hashem is standing either over Yaakov or over the ladder. Okay, very famous pasuk. So the Medrash Rabbah explains, and Yaakov dreamt and there's a ladder. This ladder refers to this is the famous dream of Nebuchadnezzar, as he says in the com commentary on the Medrash, the dream that he dreamt about the four kingdoms, four, a body with different uh, statue, with different parts of the statue made of gold, of silver, of copper, of iron. And this is about the four kingdoms. And this ladder is connected to Yaakov's dream. So again, and he dreamt that we have a ladder is the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, and the ladder is the ladder of Nebuchadnezzar, the, the image, the statue that Nebuchadnezzar made, Nebuchadnezzar made a massive statue to show his strength, and the word semel, which is a, a which signifies, is the same words as sulam, the Medrash says, The word semel, which is spelled samech mem lamid, is the same as the word sulam, a ladder spelled samech lamid mem. And the, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar is a symbol of the, his amazing strength, which he very much believed in his own strength. And this statue is Mutsav Artsa. On each of these quotes, you'll notice that the Medrash quotes the Pasuk in Vayetze, and then connects it to a Pasuk in Doniel, that the ladder is standing on the ground, Nebuchadnezzar made this massive, massive statue in Bikas Dura, where as we spoke last week, Bikas Dura is where he had killed many, many Yidin, and this was going to show on his strength, and everybody's expected to bow down, especially Jews, is expected to bow down to the statue, and anybody who won't bow down will be put in the fire, and he is showing his amazing strength. Still on this statue, which is like a ladder, the top of the statue reaches up to heaven, and the Medrash brings a Pasuk in Donio, the height of the statue was 60 amis high, about 30 meters, psoye amin shis, it's with the six amis, and when you have a statue 60 amis high, naturally you're looking up to the heaven. So it's like the top of the statue reaching 60 amis high is up to the heaven. And again, Nebuchadnezzar is doing this all to symbolize his great strength, and you better do what he says or else. And then we have the Hine Malachi Elikim. In the ladder of Yaakov, it says there were angels, Malachim, going up and down the ladder. So what does the Malachi Elikim symbolize? These are the three colleagues of Doniel who refused 
to bow down to the statue. And literally in the, in the story of Yaakov, we have the Malachim going up and down Yaakov's ladder, at least in his dream, he sees Malachim going up and down the ladder. But now as we are explaining it, again, we're explaining that the ladder refers to the dream of Vayachaloyim, again, that it's the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. The ladder is the statue that Nebuchadnezzar made, which symbolizes his great strength. It's sitting on the ground in Bikas Dura, which is the place where he killed thousands of Jews. The top of it reaches heaven because it's 60 amis high. And when you look at it, you look up. There's Malachim, Hananya, Mishol, Vazaria going up and down. What's the Malachim going up and down? These Malachim, on one hand, they say, Nebuchadnezzar, as a, as a king, you're great. On the other hand, you're a nothing. And we'll soon see how they, in the same sentence, said Nebuchadnezzar is the most wonderful and the most useless. They're, they're standing inside the furnace, or as they're going to the furnace, and they're speaking about how great Nebuchadnezzar is and how hopeless he is. On one hand, they're speaking about the great honor they have for King Nebuchadnezzar. That they say, If you are decreeing that we have to pay taxes, you are the king. Any tax that you decree, we will keep. The imla ve But if you are decreeing that we should worship idols, at the shovin, you and the dog are equal. Meaning, if you want taxes, you're running the country in a decent way. We're supporting you all the way. But if you tell us to do something against the taita, just like if the dog gives us such an instruction, we won't consider it. With you, we won't consider it. So first of all, we have. Now the Medrash goes on to say, of zimboy, kof zimboy, What does all this mean? So the commentaries on the Medrash explain, of, I have this from the uh, Rambam, from the Medrash Hamavur, of nimboy, roiktim, they are dancing. As Hanani, Mishol, Vazaria were put into the furnace, they're dancing. They're dancing. We're so excited. Thank you, Nebuchadnezzar. You gave us an opportunity to show our Mesidus Nefesh, our greatness to Hashem. So as they're putting into the, they're put into the furnace, they are dancing. Then Kof Simbay, what is Kof Simbay? Kof Simli Umasai, they are jumping towards Nebuchadnezzar. They want to show that they have no fear of Nebuchadnezzar whatsoever. The fire doesn't frighten them in any way. Then Soin Timbay, what's Soin Timbay? We quote a Pasuk and Daniel. They say, Yediya, Pasuk and Daniel, Peregimu, Pasuk Yudches, Yediya lehavelach malka, your majesty, you should know, we are not going to bow to your God. It's a non-negotiable. We will not bow to an idol. This is Hananya, Mishael, and Azariah saying to King Nebuchadnezzar, and to this golden statue that you erected, we will not bow down. Then at the end of the story, we have Hashem is standing over the ladder. Nebuchadnezzar himself, who was so arrogant and ready to throw people in the fire and everything, he realizes the greatness of Hashem. When he sees Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah staying alive, and he sees the Malach there with them, and Omar Lahan, he says, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, 
Avdoihi dieliko ilo. They are the servants of the supernal God. So Nebuchadnezzar himself realizes that Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah have a connection to Hashem, and he tells them, Huku vasu, come out. So here is one medrash how we're connecting the story of Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah to the dream of Yaakov. Dovar Acher, another medrash, still in Parsha Vayetze, the Malach who's going up and down the ladder is Doniel. What's Doniel going up and down the ladder? That he went up. He took out from the mouth of the um, Tanin of the uh, Tanin is um, not a, more than a snake, uh, some sort of a snake or a scorpion. Whatever he had swallowed. This is the meaning of the Pasuk that says there's a prediction in the Novi Yermiyahu. I will remember the Avedazara called Baal in Bovel. We mentioned last week that Baal was the name of the Avedazara of Bovel. And I will take what he has swallowed out of his mouth. What's the story about Baal and what he swallowed? Nebuchadnezzar had a snake, a scorpion. This scorpion or tannin or whatever it was had a tremendous appetite and anything you would put in there he would eat. He could eat everything. Nebuchadnezzar tells Doniel, look at my Scorpion, snake, my tannin, look how powerful he is. Anything you throw to him, animal, human, food, whatever, he eats anything. So Daniel says, you say he's so powerful. You know what? Can I please challenge him? Ten leaders, give me permission. I don't want to get into a fight with you. But if you give me permission, I will show you that he's not as strong as you want. I will weaken him. Nebuchadnezzar gave Doniel permission to fight against his uh, scorpion. Ma'asa, what did Doniel do? Not Tevin, he took straw. And he put pointy nails inside the straw. He threw the straw in front of this scorpion, this tannin. And the, the, the tannin started eating the straw. And the nails, the, the sharp nails, uh, drilled holes in his stomach. I go Can you say, I think a tannin is a crocodile. A crocodile, thank you. A crocodile, yes, you're right. My wife just came and gave me the same correction, crocodile, I'm accepting that. Or so or a reptile. A reptile, good, I'm accepting all the above. My translation is not that good. Thank you for all those who corrected me. Welcome. Okay, but in any case, Tanin, it is for sure. And Doniel fought it with some straw with nails inside. And Hadohu Dixiv, this is the meaning of the Pasuk. I will take out what he had swallowed from inside his mouth. Now we're going to be looking at an amazing chapter in the book of Doniel. We've mentioned this dream before of all Doniel, of all Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. The, my favorite one is the one that turns him into the animal for seven years eating grass. 
And we have Nebuchadnezzar himself sends a letter to everybody telling them about the greatness of Hashem. And here is the letter of the way Nebuchadnezzar himself tells the story. And this is the whole Doniel Peregdalen. And he says, I was tranquil, everything was fine. I was in my house and all going well. And I was satisfied in my palace. Things were going good in my life. I saw a dream. And it frightened me. Because this is an Aramaic and there's a lot of hard words, all the translation that I wrote in small words is from Mitzudas David that I saw a dream and it frightened me. The thoughts that I had as I was lying in bed, and the sights of my head, what my head imagined, it was all frightening me. So I was very frightened by this dream. And in Pasuk Gimel, we continue, and from me came an instruction, a command, I gave him one second. I'm just going to get some noise in my house. I'm just going to get it quiet. My apology. I just had somebody making noise. So in any case, so Nebuchadnezzar made but, a decree. Could you could you uh, just get your head up a bit so we can see more of your head? That's better. Is it better? Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I apologize. Thank you for always mentioning it. Okay, so now Gimel Omini seemed to aim from me came an instruction. I gave an instruction to gather all the wise men in Bovel. Nebuchadnezzar was very concerned about this dream, the Peshar Chelma Nuni, that they should tell me the meaning of this dream. Beidayin at that time, Olin, they came in, Chartumaya, Shpaya, Kastoi, these are all the various names for wise men in Bovel, Vigorzraya, the other group, Vichelma Omar Anokhadmeyin, I said the dream for them, Ufishrein Loim Ahoydinli. All the wise men were not able to tell me the interpretation. Pasuk hey, the ad until the last of the wise men, oh kadamai Doniel came Doniel into me. It seems Nebuchadnezzar would have much rather heard a good explanation from one of his non-Jewish and wise men because he didn't really like that he always was dependent on Doniel. But Doniel he brought in last. Dishmei Belshazzar, his name had been changed. To Belshazzar, this was the Sar Hasorisim, the chief officer, and Doniel Perak Aleph changes the names of all four boys, Doniel, Hanania, Mishal, and Azaria, and he changes Doniel to the name Belshazzar, Kishem Elikoi, which is the name of my God. Because the God, Nebuchadnezzar's God was Belshazzar, and Doniel was so brilliant, he gave him the name of his God, Vidiruach Elohim, Kadishin Bey, the spirit. Of the holy God is in him. The Helma Kadamoyi Amris, I said the dream to Daniel. And this is what I told him. Pasuk Vav. Belshatsar Rav Khartumaya. Belshatsar, who is the officer, the chief of all my wise men. Dianoyidis, I know. 
I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you. I know that no secret is hidden from you. I will tell you, I will tell you the dream that I saw, and you tell me the interpretation. Because as Mitzudas David says, I know that you have the spirit of Hashem in you, and no, there's no secrets hidden from you, and you can tell me anything. Pasuk Zion. This is what I saw as I was lying on my bed. <clears throat> there was a tree coming from the earth, and its height, the height, the size of this tree, the height of it was astronomical. Tremendously high, tall, big. This tree started growing. It was getting bigger and bigger and stronger. The tree grew and grew until it reached heaven. Again, this is all in a dream. And you could dream anything. It looked like this tree went to the end of the world. This tree was going all the way up furthest to the east, north, south. In every direction, it was going infinite. This tree was just growing and growing. Off ye shapir, its leaves were beautiful. The inve sagi, it had lots of fruit. Omazoin lekula bay. There was enough food in this tree to support all of creation. This tree had so many fruit that all humans, animals could all have plenty of food with abundant surplus from this one tree. Under the tree, you have all the animals who are finding shade and they're all satisfied living under this tree. <clears throat> in its branches, all the birds are living in this tree. And all the flesh, all creation, animals, birds, humans, are all getting plenty of food from this one tree. I was having a vision of my head as I was sleeping in my bed. Suddenly an angel, a very destructive, Mitzvah David says, an angel who causes destruction. But for Hukodesh, he's a holy angel, but a destructive holy angel. Such a destructive angel came down from heaven. This destructive angel called out with great power, with a powerful voice, with Cain Omar, and this is what he said. Cut this tree. Cut its branches. Make all its leaves fall off. And scatter all its fruit. We're going to destroy this tree. Get rid of the tree. Get rid of the branches. Get rid of the leaves. Get rid of the fruit. All the animals who are under it should all get out of there. And all the birds in the branches have to all get out. Baram, however, we're destroying the whole tree. But just leave the roots. Get rid of the whole tree. Get rid of every branch, every leaf, every fruit. But its roots leave in the ground. 
over the person it should be tied with iron. Now, as the tree gets weak, it can easily be ripped down. So tie it with iron and copper to the grass so that this tree does not move. The roots of the tree must remain in place. The branches have to go. The animals, the birds, the fruit, the, the leaves, they're all gone. But the bottom of the tree has to be tied to the grass with high metal and copper chains. This tree will be wet from the dew of heaven. This tree will be amongst all the animals to eat grass, to eat together with the animals. This is Yud Gimel. His heart will move away from the heart of people. And a, an animal heart will be given to him. And seven years will pass over him that he will be that way. Still Nebuchadnezzar telling over his dream and its interpretation and the effects of the dream. This was decreed by the Malachim above, the Malachim who caused damage. Umaymar, I'm just going to mute people, but don't hesitate to unmute yourself if you have a question. Umaymar Kadishi Sheilton, I this decree was made by the holy Malochim. I asked the holy Malochim, Adivras in order, Yindun The purpose of this is that all the animals and all living beings should know that there's a powerful force above that rules over the kingdom of people. Whoever he wishes, he can give power to. Hashem can take the lowest of people and give him power. This is basically the dream that Nebuchadnezzar saw, which this dream was very frightening. This is all in the letter Nebuchadnezzar is writing to his kingdom, to his subjects. This is the dream that I, Nebuchadnezzar, saw. The Ant Belshazzar and you, Belshazzar, that's Doniel, Pishra Amar, say the interpretation. All the wise men of my kingdom were unable to tell me the interpretation. And you, however, I'm sure that you can. You have the Holy Spirit of Hashem in you, and I have confidence that Daniel will be able to interpret the dream. Tess Zion, Pasuk 16. Then Daniel, whose Babylonian name was Belshazzar, he was in shock for a moment. Because what's he supposed to say? This is a terrible dream. How's he supposed to tell this to Nebuchadnezzar? And his thoughts were frightening him. Ani Malk of Amar, the king called out and said, the king understood that this was a terrible dream. And he said, The dream and the interpretation should not frighten you. As Mitzudas David says, They're not about you, they're about me. I realize it's on me, not on you. Yes, it's terrible, but it's about me. 
Only Belshazzar Omar Belshazzar was Daniel said, May the dream happen to your enemies. in its interpretation to your enemy, which we've discussed previously, a Gemara, that how can Daniel say this? The enemy of Nebuchadnezzar is the Jewish people. Is he wishing bad on the Jewish people? And we had a Gemara earlier that explained that Nebuchadnezzar is saying, that Daniel is saying, he's talking to Hashem. He, officially, he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar. But in his mind, he's talking to Hashem. And he's saying, Hashem, this dream should come upon your enemies, Hashem, which refers to Nebuchadnezzar himself. But again, Nebuchadnezzar says, don't be frightened of telling me. And in Yud Zion, he says, the tree that I saw, okay, I'm going to actually skip a few psukim to go, because I want to finish the parak. I'm skipping to Chav Beis. Going already to the interpretation where Daniel is already interpreting the dream. And he says, they're going to chase you away from people. The significance of cutting the tree, the tree refers to King Nebuchadnezzar, and you're going to be banished from people. And with the animals of the field, you'll be dwelling. You'll spend seven years living with the animals. And you will be eating grass like oxen. You'll wash yourself from the dew of heaven. And seven years will go on you. Until you will know that the one above is in control of human kingdoms. Hashem can give kingdom to whoever he wishes. And you are to know this. And this that they said, part of the dream was to leave the roots of the tree. The meaning of this is, yes, you will eat grass for seven years, but the kingdom will be set aside for you. You're going to get the kingdom back. And then Mindatinda, then you will know when after seven years of eating grass like a lunatic, like an animal, and then you'll get back the kingdom, which as we mentioned previously from a Gemara, that Nebuchadnezzar came back riding on a lion with a uh, with a snake around his uh, head, and that's everybody was so frightened. So Minditinda, you will know the shout in Shmaya, you will know that the one who sits in heaven is in control. Um, still, Doniel is continuing talking to Nebuchadnezzar, and we've mentioned this possibly before. Lohain, Malka, Milki, Hishbar, Allah, your majesty, may my advice be good for you, because there's no way of getting, as David says, there's no way of getting away from this decree. But my advice is that you can, you should um, redeem your sins through charity. And your wrongdoing by being gracious to the poor. Then you will have more good years. It will not cause the thing not to happen, but it will delay it at least. We did discuss in a previous year that why is Daniel giving advice to a Russia? You shouldn't give good advice to a wicked person. And we have discussed that Daniel did this because he saw the poverty of the Jewish people in Babel. In the early Babylonian exile, things were terrible. And this dream and the 12 months which Nebuchadnezzar gave tzedakah to Jewish people, money was given out to Jews every day for 12 months, money, food, everything. This changed the whole economic situation of Jews in Babel. And Babel became from the most terrible of places 
to a wonderful place. Economically, Jews did very well. And religiously, they also did very well. And that's why Daniel decided that, we've mentioned this before, that whatever punishments he will get for, tell, for giving him good advice, he still would rather take the punishments for giving the Bukhanetzer advice and save the Jewish people from terrible starvation. We also discussed in a previous year of three opinions as to what was Daniel's punishment. One was that he was, a, he's called Hasach Shechatchu Migdun Lasai. One was that he was eventually thrown into the lions then by King Daryavash. And the third opinion, which is in a medrash that he was killed by Haman for passing messages between Mordechai and Esther, which is an opinion mentioned in a Tesis in Baba Basra. Kula mito al-Nebuchadnezzar Malka. All these predictions came on King Nebuchadnezzar. Lixas yarkin treyoser at the end of 12 months. Al-Hecha malchusa di Bavel He was traveling on the palace of the king of Bavel at the end. He was traveling in, in his palace, walking around in his, I guess he had a very big property. You we were able to take walks there. Ani Malkavamar, the king called out and said, So this is the great kingdom of Bavel. The Malchu, I built this for my kingdom, with my strength. And I built it all for me to get honor. I built this massive kingdom. And the idea is honor to Nebuchadnezzar. So he's all full of himself. He's, he's with his arrogance. And in Pasuk as the words are still in the king's mouth, and this is still what the Nebuchadnezzar himself wrote in his letter, if it came down from heaven, a call a voice came out from heaven and said, a message for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. The kingdom is going to be taken away from you. Mitzudas David says, it was still in the king's mouth. He's still talking about his great power and arrogance and how he built everything for his own power. He's still in the middle of speaking. He has not finished his words. A voice came from heaven. And says, You should know. You should know the kingdom is going away from you. And in You will be banished from human beings. And you will live. You For seven years, you're going to live with the animals. They're going to give you grass like the oxen. And seven seasons will pass on you. Until you will know. That the one above controls the kingdom of humans. And he will give it to whoever he wants. Pasuk Lamed, Bey Shaita at that time, Milsa Safas al Nebuchadnezzar, it finished coming on Nebuchadnezzar, he suddenly went crazy, Nishtabej Daitai, Umin Anosha Torid, he was, he chased himself away from people. Nobody chased him out, he chased himself out. He felt more comfortable with the animals. The Isba Ketoidin Yoichal, and he started eating grass like an ox. Umital Shmaya Gishme Yitzhaba, he would wash himself from the dew of the heaven. His hair started growing 
like the wings of an eagle, and he started having long nails like these wild birds that kill with their nails, because from the moisture and the filth, they were just growing and growing his nails. At the end of these days, at the end of seven years, he's still writing, my eye suddenly turned to heaven. Mitzudas David says, "Ani Nebuchadnezzar, nun nun is Nebuchadnezzar, nasosias eini al hashamayim." I lifted my eyes to heaven. Ki b'meshech shivas hashanim lehikir ba'atzmi mihu. For seven years, he didn't even know who he was. He forgot he was Nebuchadnezzar. Ki lehoyal lebinas adam. He had lost his human intellect. But now, after seven years, his intellect started coming back. Omin doi alayisuv, and my knowledge. My intellect started coming back. As Mitzvah's David says, who beklays Hasman at the end of the time, his his sanity, his knowledge started coming back. Me'at, me'at, bit by bit. He suddenly realized who he is. What's going on? I'm King Nebuchadnezzar and I'm eating grass with the cows. He felt it. He turned and lifted his eyes to heaven. Mishon Ezra me Hashem. He says, Hashem, help me. Ratzelaymer Shalti me Hashem. I'm asking Hashem, please, Hashem. So Nebuchadnezzar by now believes in Hashem. Asher Yashiv Alai Hadei of Achachma Shahili Meyaz. Let him give me back the wisdom I once had. Uli La Borchis. I blessed Hashem. Uli Chay Almon to the life of all the worlds. Shabchis. I gave praise. Vehadris. And I spoke with the beauty, the greatness of Hashem. The Shultana Shultan Olam, Hashem rules forever. Hashem's kingdom is for all generations. And this is in, again, Nebuchadnezzar writing to all the subjects in the Babylonian Empire about Hashem's greatness. As he goes on to say in the Mitzvah's David, and to the one above I benched, I praised the life of the, head of the world. And I gave him beauty, praise. Hashem rules forever. His kingdom is for all generations. In the time of all generations. Nebuchadnezzar are still giving this in a public letter. All the inhabitants of planet Earth have no value. Hashem could do whatever he wants with the army of heaven. Hashem is in full control of the heaven, in full control of the earth. And no one can protest against him. No one can ask Hashem, Hashem, what have you done? Hashem is in full control. Nobody, he doesn't have to answer it to anybody. As Mitzudas David says, behold, Daire. Actually, I just want to mention now, there's a medrash which we're still going to bring from Devarim Rabba, which says that if anybody else would have spoken about the greatness of Hashem, it wouldn't make the same impact as Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had been the strongest person in the world. Nebuchadnezzar had been the biggest enemy of Hashem, of Yiddishkeit, of Torah, of every good person, every good thing. And that Nebuchadnezzar should have to publicly give such praise of Hashem. There was actually, it's mentioned that uh, Hashem had to silence Nebuchadnezzar because his poetry and his praise of Hashem was so amazing 
he was going to put David Amelech to shame because Nebuchadnezzar, when he praised Hashem, matched David Amelech and greater. So no one can protest on Hashem. All the inhabitants of earth are like, they have no meaning. Against he can do whatever he wants with the army of heaven and those who dwell on earth. Nobody could protest. Nobody can say, what have you done? Hashem, what have you done? It's not right. No use anybody protesting against Hashem. Nebuchadnezzar continues to tell the story in this amazing letter that he sent. Zimni at that time, my knowledge came back to me. I came back to my kingdom. Amazing that after seven years eating grass, who would have thought I would ever regain my empire? Vizivi Yisuvalai. And his um, my the beauty of my kingdom came back. And the great people asked of me. They came and asked me, Nebuchadnezzar, please take over the Babylonian Empire. And I went got back to my kingdom. I actually had more power. After you would have thought after seven years eating grass, who would respect him? And yet my power that I had after that was greater than the power I had earlier. And as soon as David says, at that time when I blessed Hashem, till now he was getting his intellect, his sanity back bit by bit. When he blessed Hashem, he got his full sanity back. Which I had from back. I came back to the honor of my kingdom. And the beauty of my face came back. And my advisors asked, they begged me, they said, please, your majesty, Nebuchadnezzar, please go back to ruling the Babylonian empire. And he says, I became fully in power of my kingdom, of my empire. I had more greatness, more power than ever before. And in Pasuk Lamedalad, which is the final Pasuk, at this point, I am praising and exalting and giving beauty to the king of the heaven. The and everything he does is correct. and his ways are judgment. Anybody who's arrogant, he's able to humble. And Mitzvah's David concludes, This is also from the letter that he says. Ani Nebuchadnezzar mishabeach. I Nebuchadnezzar am praising umeroyimim umefoyer lemelech hashamayim. I'm praising the King of Heaven. That kol mas of emes, all of these are true. And darkei badini's correct judgment. Ba'asher holchim begayva veroyimimus. Anybody who goes with haughtiness and arrogance, yachol hula hashbil Hashem can lower them. Here's the medrash in Devarim, which I mentioned a few minutes ago in Devarim Rabo. He says in Devarim Rabbah, if anybody else would say these words of Nebuchadnezzar, all those who dwell on the planet Earth have no value, they would say, this person never even had power over two flies, two mosquitoes. This was a flying insect. And he says, 
and then all the inhabitants of earth have no value. Nebuchadnezzar is the man to say this. Ella Nebuchadnezzar, when it comes to Nebuchadnezzar, that it says about him, it says about Nebuchadnezzar, it says, it says about Nebuchadnezzar that I gave over to your hand all the animals. Was you have full had full control? He for him, it's appropriate to say that all the inhabitants of earth have no value for Nebuchadnezzar. This is appropriate for him to say. Okay, we still have uh, two or three more minutes, so we'll try. Um, there's a Yalkut Shimani that speaks about Nebuchadnezzar's father Meroida. Nebuchadnezzar's father gave honor to Hashem. And that's why Why did Nebuchadnezzar merit to have such power, be a world conqueror? Because he had a father who once praised Hashem. And it brings, okay, he doesn't give much details in this Yalkut Shemaini. We mentioned previously how Meroidah when Chizkiyahu was, he had this miracle that the sun came, went back 10 hours and Meroidah was, had overslept and he told his, had complaints to his servants and they told him it was the God of Chizkiyahu who made this miracle. And Meroidah sent an amazing letter to Yerushalayim to Chizkiyahu praising Hashem. And in the honor of this letter, Meroidah merited to have three uh, descendants of Hanetzer, of Meroidah and Moshatzer, who all ruled the world. Now, Rav Hunamar, it's dangerous for Jewish people when Goyim do some good thing. Like the poison of a snake. Because look, Meroidah did some kindness. He did some good deeds. And because of that, we suffered from his descendants for three generations. Who do you learn this from? That every day he would eat three hours in the day and sleep till he would eat at uh, 9 p.m. and then he would uh, at 9 a.m. and sleep till 3 p.m. and then the sun moved during the days of Chizkiyo and he slept and he woke up in the morning he wanted to kill the servants he said you let me sleep all night all day and all night so they said no you slept regular it's the day got messed up the the sun moved 10 hours so he asks them which god moved it and they said the god of Chizkiyo he says and God is there a God bigger than my God? So they told him, the God of Chizkiyo is greater than all the other gods. At that time, B'raidach Baladon sends letters and a gift to Chizkiyo, and he writes, Sholem, peace to King Chizkiyo, Sholem to the city of Yerushalayim, Sholem to the great God. After the letters went out, he didn't feel right. He said, I didn't do right because I first greeted Chizkiyo and the city of Yerushalayim, and then I write the great God. He got up from his throne and he walked three steps and he brought back the letters and he rewrote them. He wrote first, peace to the great God, peace to the city of Yerushalayim, and peace to Chizkiyo. Hashem said to Meroida, you, you got up from your throne. You walked three steps in my honor. And because of this, you will have three children, a son, a grandson, and a great-grandson who will rule the whole world, which are the kings, Nebuchadnezzar, Vilmeroidah, and Belshazzar. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, I unfortunately have to stop early today. So I have about three, four minutes if anybody has any questions or comments.
and then we're going to be ending next time. Next week, we'll be back to eight o'clock. Uh, any questions or comments from anyone before Rabbi I hang Gordon, up? Yes? Is Maridach Chiram? Is what? Is Maridach Is Maridach Chiram? That's a very good question. It seems not, but we definitely have. Here we have a matter that Maridach is his father. Chiram is Melech Seir. Maridach is a king of Bavel. So it's not um, not very clear if these are conflicting Midrashim or maybe uh, Meroidach is his official father, but it mm -hmm. seems that Chiram lived with uh, Meroidach's wife, maybe. I don't have a good answer to this. Okay. I'm yeah. going to go to my favorite Gemara in Brachas. Teach your tongue to say, I don't know. But I don't believe Meroidach is Chiram. Okay, thank you. But thank you for that question. That question is brilliant. Any other questions, comments?